0: and welcome to this episode of talking it out about um today i am joined by the lovely scott so welcome to the show scott oh
1: thank you for having me
0: um so scott you have your own podcast um and i came on your podcast earlier this year um so i thought we'd sw- switch it around and you can come in and chat to me this time um so thanks for coming on
1: yeah no no it's really good it's uh it's a bit strange to be asked questions instead of <laughs> questions for a change. So it's good.
0: That's how I felt when I came on and did yours. I was like, wait, I'm not I have to just follow where he goes. It's it, you kind of you get into the habit of asking and leading it, don't you? <laughs> indeed,
1: indeed, indeed.
0: Um so why don't we start there? Why don't we start with a bit about your podcast?
1: Yeah, so um, so there's a second one out now as well, actually. So the first one, the one you were on is the awful inclusion pod. Yeah, and, and that really tells um, tells people stories. Mm-hmm. So it's all uh, either disability or inclusion related. Yeah. Um, so we've got about I think twenty seven episodes out at the minute, and um, people from UK, USA, and Africa on there just talking about um, about their different different stories when it comes to to disability inclusion the obstacles they face um and then we've also just recently started the purple pound show
0: the and purple like, pound show
1: yeah so the reason why we started this one i say we but it's me um,
0: <laughs>
1: the reason i started this one was i find that a lot of listen to uh, disability or inclusion or accessibility-related podcasts. You you almost preach into the choir. You find that the people that you actually want to be listening to some of these podcasts uh, make changes and make a difference yeah. don't don't listen. Um, so it's awesome when it comes to the support side, but. Um, but not when it comes to that change side so, and I think you know part of the reason for the podcasts are for support and yes. for, for change so the purple balance Show is like hitting out to try to get the change. so it's a monthly podcast each podcast is themed so yes. yesterday we recorded one around how businesses are react, uh, react to uh, awareness days, mm. and you have three guests on the on the podcast so you'll generally have one with lived experience with a disability and then you'll have two from businesses who are pretty clued up when it comes to inclusion and accessibility. Yeah. And it's a it's a 40, 45 minute podcast and it helps businesses understand how to become more accessible.
0: That's that's really good. I think you've you've raised a really good point. Like um, it's something that I, I think about with with this one is that what I do is I share people's stories um and that's for people who are already kind of in the world of whatever I might be talking about but to try and like reach over into how to make that change happen is quite a difficult thing so I completely understand the kind of why you've done the two separate ones I think that's a really good idea
1: yeah Um, you get that kind of what's in it for me approach don't you so um so a lot of people with good intent will say, Yeah, I'm gonna to listen to this, I'm gonna make that change. But what people don't realise is the, the disability pound, the purple pound is worth two hundred and forty nine billion in the mm. UK. So you you you're getting businesses to do the right thing but for the wrong reason. Yeah. Um, but they're still doing it. But yeah. um but I believe my mum still listens to uh to, to your podcast, and she listens <laughs> to it so she can understand what's happening to me better. Um, well,
0: shout out to Scott's mum. Hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure she still listens. So, I yeah. know no, she did. um, You know, when I first had the condition, anyway, I was first diagnosed.
0: Yeah, but th- I think that's. um I think you having businesses on that are doing things really well is it's got to be really helpful because a you're shining a light on the businesses that are doing it and are being successful with it, but you're also, I guess, are you sharing, like, how they're doing it to be successful?
1: So, yeah, so it's it's almost like on an interview basis, so you you have three quick, short, snappy interviews and then a bit of a chat at the end. Mm. Um, so depending who it is on there, it could be how they do it, it could be why they do it, um, yeah. because sometimes the why is more important. And then the person who's got the lift experience will generally then, who, who generally goes last, mm. they will then have the opportunity after listening to the other two people who work within the business businesses, they get the opportunity to then ask them questions and and you know potentially challenge them on points. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, you, you know, you, you'll you find how people do it, why people do it, and, and more importantly, what people can do better.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's normally what they can do better that doesn't cost them money.
0: Yeah. But at least it's that sharing of ideas to help other businesses to, to say, like, oh, we made this change and it didn't cost us an arm and a leg, but we made this change and actually it's been really helpful to people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, people. A lot of, yeah, businesses. I think ten, fifteen years ago, didn't make it. Didn't make the changes because they, like, <laughs> bluntly, just didn't care. Mm. Um, now, I think businesses want to be more accessible, but they don't. They don't know how. Yeah, and they don't. The problem is they don't engage with the right people. Mm. So they need to be engaging with uh, autistic people. They need to be engaging with wheelchair users, etc. Yeah. To, uh, to be able to make those changes but they don't and then they're scared that the assumptions that they make will be wrong What well, yeah. chances are the assumptions they make will be wrong because they're not engaging with the people in the first place
0: yeah is that um like uh, i think it's called intergroup contact like theory i think it's a theory where you get people together from different experiences and you let them talk about things and actually that helps reduce like prejudice and assumptions and things like that and actually, you can go forward from that point, um, because some people haven't met, say, someone in a wheelchair. It's just not someone, something that they've experienced, for example. Um, so actually having that conversation with someone who is a wheelchair user would actually be really beneficial to then learn. Oh, I hadn't thought about that consideration. I hadn't considered that actually, you know, the the little lip as you get in a door might cause a problem. Mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it might be. So I think that's a really good way of, like, helping that um, move forward. I'm doing lots of hand gestures. Sorry, Scott. I know you can't <laughs> see them, but I'm doing lots of hand gestures. Um, helping it move forward. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Which, which has got to be helpful. Um, that's amazing, though. So in terms of why you started these two... The, so we talked about the Why did you start the podcasts?
1: Oh, well... I mean, all for inclusion in itself, and this is why I often end up saying we is a bit more than the podcast. We've got a couple of support groups at the moment as well. Mm. Uh, We do monthly webinars and we do um, a networking event in and around accessibility for businesses. Mm. So in, I have no idea what was going on this time last year. But in a business networking event, I decided to. Um, it was it was on my mind mm. to, to do something to raise money. And I, I wasn't sure who to do it for, so I ended up doing it for a charity called the Brain Charity. Who I think are an amazing charity who just look at all neurological conditions. Yeah. Um, because I knew that my my condition fell somewhere in that bracket. Um, so in, in a networking event I'd shouted out that yeah I think I'm going to do in January three mar- the, the equivalent of three marathons in my wheelchair and six marathons on a arm exercise bike oh during my- the month of January oh my so gosh was, Scott yeah so it was never doing one marathon at, you know in, in its entirety it was right so we you know this is the amount of miles and this is what I've got to do yeah um, <sighs> completely regretted it in a sense um because it was so hard and you know if I was asked to do it now again repeat it I wouldn't be able to do it physically um but and and really I I don't know how I physically done it then because it was it was harder than I thought Uh, Mm. but I was having a chat with someone who's uh he 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 does mental health first aid courses for businesses. Yeah, and he said to me, "You know, when you finish doing this, you're you're gonna have a huge dip.
0: Mm.
1: Um, your mental health is gonna suffer." Mm. So my my thought was that if my mental health is gonna suffer by having a dip, why don't I just replace it with something else to focus on? Mm. Um, my girlfriend wanted to to do something anyway in regards to mental health and neurological conditions so we just kicked it off a little bit earlier so um so yeah in february we we uh we founded all for inclusion so this is why i always say we is
0: yeah
1: <laughs> myself and, and, and my girlfriend um and then we've got a few other people who support us and volunteer for us as well um, yeah run some of the groups for us. So so yeah, so I do the podcast, but awful inclusion is really a a we. But yeah, we 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 did it just it it initially started when it did to fill the gap. And yeah I think people can help people if they don't know yeah what they're going through. And that's the main reason for the podcasts.
0: I think it's I think it's such a, a good thing that you're doing though, um to kind of raise awareness and, and share those stories that otherwise wouldn't get heard and I would imagine that there's there's lots of people out there who have engaged with either your monthly webinars or the podcast itself and have all the support groups and have felt less alone as a result of being able to access that
1: yeah so I mean when I uh when when your interview came out, there was uh, two other interviews that came out at the same time. Yeah. Um and one of the one of the people lives in uh lives in America. Mm. And America being such a big country, East Coast, West Coast, Yeah. he lived on one of the coasts, his family lived on another coast, and and that's where his main friendship group was. Mm. So He hadn't told them that he had FND. Oh, wow. And when the podcast came out, um, he used that as a way of telling them uh, about his FND and how it impacts him. And when we actually did the interview, he didn't tell me that that was what he was going to do. He then listened back to the interview and then that then made him think, yeah, do you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Um
0: and, amazing.
1: Yeah. And you know, and, and I'm, you know, you only hear those stories from people when people tell them to you. And then on the flip side, I've had listeners who have come back to me and say, I really resonated with what the person's told me. I think I've had autism for a, a number of years now. Mm. After listening to this episode, I'm gonna put in for a I'm gonna speak to my doctor about it and get the ball rolling. Yeah. So I think it's really good you know I don't I don't for me it's not about the number of listeners or anything like that it's all about if if it's going to continue to make a difference if every episode makes a difference to one person it's worth recording
0: and that's how I feel like that that is how I feel it's it's that actually if this makes someone feel less alone for an hour or whatever or they can take it forward past the end of the podcast and they feel slightly less alone, then that's a win in my book. Like that is a complete win. And actually I've done what I set out to do in that moment, which was just to provide someone with kind of that knowledge that they're not on their own. I may not know you, I may not be in the same country as you, the same place as you, but there's a story here that we can kind of come together over. Um, I think that's quite powerful. Definitely, definitely. So, but yeah, I I take my hat off to you. You you do so much. Like, you're always doing stuff. And I'm like, I need to up my game. Scott's doing so much. I'm like, I haven't
1: done it. It might seem like it's all me, but it's not. That's.
0: well either way it's my I'm like oh Scott's doing it right I need to do something else now I need, yeah. to, like, I need to keep going because Scott's beating me currently I've, I've got a bit of competitive spirit with you um, <laughs> to be yeah. like right what can I do how can I how can I up this how can I change this like even when you were saying about like support groups and stuff like my lip, I've got a little notepad in front of me I'm like oh maybe that's something I can do maybe I can start doing this I'm like no like just take it down a step like it's fine <laughs> but i think i think it's really it's really good to be able to chat and kind of like share those things that you're doing because some i didn't know that you did the support groups like i follow you on twitter and stuff but i didn't know you did the support groups i don't know how i've missed that um so it's really good that like that can be shared where can people find information out about that
1: yeah so um so we've got an event page which has all our all our events on um and I'm more prominent probably on LinkedIn that's probably my social media platform of choice but yeah. um but yeah I mean I can I can share the the links on on Twitter again uh
0: yeah.
1: I know um, I don't know if he if he listens or not but Dan T mm. uh, on Twitter he He's been to quite a few of the uh, the support groups, and they're just a good peer to peer session. Yeah, every fortnight on a Tuesday, seven o'clock, and it's a good it's a good chance to to say something positive about what's happened in your couple of weeks. Yeah, have a whinge, have a moan, and <laughs> when you're whinging and you're moaning, you're with people that get it.
0: yeah, you know, and, and you don't have to explain it to them necessarily
1: yeah exactly so we have people that that come on regularly every single every single one we have people that come on every now and again
0: yeah
1: and it doesn't matter you know it's people are there when they want to be there and when they need the support and that's the that's the main thing and i I guess like the how it how it all came about and the idea was i left hospital and it was I was going to get a taxi home. I've never been in my wheelchair
0: yeah. on
1: my own, having to use transport before, you know, I might've done a short trip out. Um, no, I wouldn't have even done that. Mm. Uh, so it's my first journey in a wheelchair, but I was just discharged from hospital. And I thought to myself, how do I get down the pavement and up a pavement?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: And I just, it, you know, it's something really, really simple. And it's something I should know. Um, but I thought wouldn't it be great to have a group where I could just ask someone that
0: yeah you can just say just you can be like I know it sounds silly but can someone just tell me how do I manage to go up and down a curb without falling out my wheelchair like how do you do that
1: (laughs) exactly yeah so so that was when you know the peer-to-peer support groups all came about Uh, we have one now for um, parents of uh, special educational needs children, um, yeah. which uh, a lady called Cat runs, which is monthly on a on a Wednesday morning, and we just found that you know, or she found when uh, when her son was in mainstream school, mm. she would have the playground chats like most parents would and people just wouldn't understand the the, the the different issues that that she had to experience and yeah she had different questions but they couldn't be answered so that's almost like uh, a similar basis and it's like on a playground chat style basis and yeah uh, yeah, we're hoping to get some more out next year. Uh, all of it takes uh, takes time, and we don't want to go too quick too soon.
0: Yeah, but I think that's a really I like that that way of comparing it to like the playground chat. Like it's it's really even if you're not having like a really in depth conversation with someone, you can still take things away from the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of being able to have that bit of camaraderie camaraderie is a camaraderie like that sort of thing actually just helps ease parts because even if you don't ask a question someone might say something that actually you find really reassuring and it answers a question you didn't realize you had and I think that's quite that's quite a useful and a powerful thing to, to have that conversation and, and just be a listener in the conversation you can yeah. and take so much more from just listening than you can talking as well like there's a balance to be had isn't there
1: Definitely. There's, there's one person who's uh, become a regular over the last couple of months um, called Russell from the Wirral and he brought up about um, medical passports, mm. health passports, which is something that I've, I've heard the phrase divvy about a little bit, but I've not really really known what it is and, and the benefit of it. Mm. And then it, it was almost, the whole meeting then was, well, not the whole meeting, probably half the meeting was talking about these health passports where different people would raise it later on so we'd start another conversation. Someone else would bring it back to it. And then since the conversation, people that weren't in the meeting but would normally attend have then been giving advice about it as well. and And I just... I just think every time I go into to hospital or I see a new doctor and I'm explaining FND to them. Yeah. And they always say, oh, I've not heard of that. Um, or they've <laughs> yeah. heard of it, but they don't know much about it. Yeah. And then, you know, one triage nurse, uh, he said to me on my last trip in, he said, you yeah, know, can you speak to your your community FND nurse about this? And I said, "Well, if there's such a thing as a community FND nurse, I've not heard of it." Mm. Uh, and he was shocked that of, of how little support there is out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's quite um, it's quite mind blowing that actually it, it's so it's so um, what's the word I want? <clears throat> I'm doing hand gestures again. Sorry. Um, it's not consistent across the country or across the world. It's in little hotspots of like there are there are teams in certain places, but in the rest of it, there's not there's really nothing. Um, and I think like you do come across medical professionals who don't know anything about it, um, and like you say, you end up spending like quite a bit of your appointment just explaining what your condition is before you can actually get to why you're there. And then that, that makes it harder because you feel like you're having to explain it repeatedly to people. Um, and I had um, Tom come on recently and he was talking about his Inform the Doctor campaign.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that's such a good idea just to actually try and get that out work. We are doing everything we can in like our own social medias, in our podcasts, in our support groups that you're like, I said, ah, oh, sorry, That in your support groups. I totally took some of that. Sorry. Um <laughs> And things like that. But there's only so far we can reach if the medical professionals aren't engaging with it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the, yeah, there's one thing about kind of educating them. But you go into a and for a reason. And if you suffer kind of brain fogging and memory, it's, chances are when you're unwell, that's going to going to kick in yeah so i always find i spend so much time telling them about fnd that when i'm there i know what's wrong with me and i know why i'm in but actually what's i i just don't remember everything so i then end up missing things out because i've got to explain about fnd or i end up you know the difference between maybe me having a scan and being admitted gets lost because I've had to explain about F and I've just forgotten key parts. So yeah. for me to be able to say, look, this is my condition, or these are my conditions, this is the med- medication I take, this is how it really impacts me, this is why I want you to read this. Yeah, I'll answer some questions for you, but can we move on to why I'm here? Yeah. And then let me answer those questions afterwards, because you're just not getting... It's it's not working for me. It's not working for you. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's going to be um, my well part of my weekend will be almost trying to start one well from scratch in my mm. head. I kind of know how I want it to look. Yeah. And then and then be able to have it as a downloadable resource for other people for yeah. You know, just a free kind of PDF with my information taken out. Yeah. Whether it works or not, I don't know, because my IT skills are a bit limited. But.
0: <laughs> I, I think it sounds like a really good idea, and I'm sure that people will find it really helpful <coughs> to just see, because to be to be completely honest, I have not heard of it until you mentioned it like five minutes ago. So, mm. like, for someone who's completely unaware of this thing existing, to actually see one and go, oh, okay, that's what it is, that's what it looks like, that's how you do it that would that would then make a lot of sense and be yeah. very helpful
1: and, and for me i would have that passport and then i'd have tom's uh inform the doctor leaflet as, a, as as not as part of it but i would put that and take both with me yeah um, because if they want to know more detail about f and d they can then go right actually I need to know more about this. Yeah. I'm going to look through Tom's leaflet, um, Tom's Tom's page. But if they think, right, actually, great, you've given me a very high-level insight into this. I don't need to know too much more. I just now know that, actually, I don't want to put as much pressure here or here. Or if you start twitching or you lose... ability to talk actually it might not be as big a concern as I thought it was or yeah hang on you're not saying the words as quick as I want you to what I need to do is I need to just take my time let you say the words because if I try to finish the word for you all that's going to do is completely throw you and lose you
0: yeah yeah no I think I think things like that it's like those practical tips and hints isn't it into like how, how to be, how to like engage with people and how to engage with me as the person that has this condition and it's very personal to me. I had someone else on um, FND Connect came on and that podcast will come up before your one. And um, she was saying that she has something very similar for her daughter. And actually it's like, a, it's like a little cheat sheet almost for what you need to do in certain circumstances so that you can be successful with the like with her daughter and like you know what to do if like she starts um having symptoms and things like that and I think it's a really good idea to just have that so then you can hand it to people. It's not then you having to like remember all those key things like oh don't touch my like left foot but you can touch my right foot or whatever it might be or don't touch on this bit but that sort of thing it's, it's all there then you don't have to remember it. Especially in the the high kind of anxiety a situation of being in hospital or in an ambulance or whatever it might be
1: yeah and, and apparently it's you know different again we're talking about pockets of the country but it's available in different pockets of the country mm. um through the through your gp but i'm not sure i want my gp who who admittedly doesn't know him you know he will admit himself he doesn't know a lot about fnd
0: yeah
1: um well he doesn't his experience of fnd is through me yeah. Um, and and as a result, you know, he's very open with that. He, he admits that, and he'll sometimes say, "You've given me some information now. I'm going to phone you back in two days because I need to research this and yeah. I need to try to speak with someone who's going to know." And and I think that's really good because he he knows his limits and doesn't want to, you know shoot something out that's gonna that's gonna cause me more harm than good
0: yeah and I think that's such a, a nice way of doing it as well to be like quite open and say look actually I I I don't know I don't have the answer right now um I admit that I'm going to go look and I'm going to go find out and I'll come back to you hmm. like that's such a that that that's quite a reassuring way of it not being well just I'm going to bulldoze through. Whether it's a medical professional or not, I think some people when they hear they just bulldoze through anyway with what they're going to say. And they don't factor in that actually there's different things in play. So to have that kind of reassurance of I don't know yet, but it is the yet. I will go find out and then I will come back to you. Um, Yeah, I think that's a nice way of doing it. Like I don't know much about this at this moment, but I will and then I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you and we can brainstorm it together.
1: Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, we say, right, we're going to do a little bit of trial and error now. Yeah. Um, and it's almost a case of, right, we've got A, B and C, which is, what's your priority? Right. Yeah. My priority is A. So this may fix A. It might make B a bit worse, but, yeah, you know, it might fix A, and that's uh, that, that's, that's really helpful. Do so I'm involved in it then as far, you see?
0: Yeah. You feel like you've got a bit of ownership on it and you're it's in it's in a you've got a bit of control back because i think with fnd you feel like you lose all your control Mm -hmm. so it's nice to have an element of control given back
1: yeah definitely
0: even if it's not complete control but you're you're kind of in control of like the ideas and where they could go like you're involved in that step um does that make sense
1: it does not yeah, yeah.
0: Wonderful. I'm glad I'm not just speaking gibberish because I was <laughs> concerned partway through that that was definitely what was happening. So now we're... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, so would you mind sharing a bit about your FND journey? You've kind of mentioned it in parts throughout, but would you mind starting at the beginning for us and just sharing a bit about your story?
1: Yeah, so... Um, came into 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 lockdown, COVID lockdown, and... You know, I was I was out running before I during the beginning of lockdown I was making little uh, salt courses in the back garden. Um, you know, I wasn't climbing ropes or anything, it was uh it was things that I could do with, with my kids. Yeah. Um get to August and and I've got a bit of back pain. Mm. Nothing nothing more than back pain. But that I could notice, <laughs> um, started losing uh, control of my bladder and was then in and out of hospital for a, for a number of things, number of tests. Ended up having a catheter fitted for a short period of time. After the catheter was fitted, um, I I was almost in any daily. And so he was. I, I kept saying, "This is really, really painful," and they kept saying, it's, "It's bound to be uncomfortable." Yeah. But, but it's painful. <laughs> it's not uncomfortable. It's painful. Yeah. There's
0: there's a difference there. Like I'm in pain. It's not. Yeah. that so, painful?
1: So I got kicked out of A and E like about four times. With you're just going <laughs> to have to just get through it, type of thing, without any proper scans or even blood taking or anything. Um, so I just thought, right, I just got to get through it. So, um, anyway, so let's say that was on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Uh, on the Monday, um, taken into a hospital in an ambulance with, uh, with sepsis. So I was in, in hospital then for a few days with that. So the bloods could have, um, could have, given them an indication of that yeah. but during that kind of period when i was kind of in and out of AE, i lost the the sensation between my left hip and my left thigh mm. um and it was almost like it was wonder why this has happened it's, mm. it's you know it's quite it's quite funny almost mm. it wasn't uh it wasn't a you know bad well it didn't seem like it was a bad thing so um so that must have been sort of Octoberish time. But between then and Christmas, I lost, you know, I was at this point again before I went into the sepsis, I was having spasms, twitches, um, but I don't know, I'm not I'm not experiencing them as much at the moment, but it was almost like I was getting a cattle prod put into the back of my spine or my leg or mm. Uh, I just couldn't sleep with them. Um, my my, I pain in my leg, um, mm. like a burning pain, like it was a log on a fire, or someone was standing <laughs> on it. Yeah, lost the ability to swallow for about four or five months. My um, goodness. So so, Christmas meal for me that year was uh, was a couple of yogurts and some custard.
0: Oh bless you. <laughs>
1: yeah, it wasn't. Oh
0: goodness.
1: Um, And yeah, like different things have been just since then unraveled and being sent for for test after test and, you know, brain scans and back scans and stuff and you end up just thinking, just, just come up and say there's some, you can see something because you're getting so many tests and they're just saying, they you know, there's there's no lesions on your brain. There's there doesn't yeah. appear to be anything wrong with your with your back. And I know a lot of people have said that you know they've been questioned and they felt ah, uh, and doctors said there's nothing wrong with you. I was quite lucky because no one ever said that to me.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: And it was almost like I was just. That they was just looking for answers they was never gonna find and I was almost going through these tests and nerve conduction studies with the needles put into Ooh. muscles and stuff and nothing was nothing was coming back and I was just wanting them to find something yeah I didn't care what it was in the end I just wanted them to find something you just
0: wanted the answer so that you knew. Yeah,
1: that's it, that's it. So, you, just,
0: just want, you kind of just want that kind of final thing to say, yep, you've got blah-de-blah, and then you go, right, okay, I've got blah-de-blah, I can now deal with blah-de-blah. I don't know why I went to blah-de-blah, I could have totally put in FND or something other other than blah-de-blah, but it's that sort of idea, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And then obviously, you know, we then, I then started the, uh, the podcast as part of All For Inclusion, and with that we... You know, we spoke, and I spoke with um, two other people as well. Mm. And at the end of the conversations, you know, we but yeah, everyone we kind of was just going, you know, we think you might have FND, and you know, it was something that I kind of, it was on my radar at that Mm. point. Yeah, that was why I wanted to do three FND episodes to come out on uh, on FND Awareness Day. Yeah, it was on my radar, and it was on that. It was on FND awareness day. When I got my uh, got my diagnosis. Well,
0: that well, that was very good timing.
1: It was like,
0: that that works. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So the podcast got released that day, and uh, and I can just remember just you know coming back from the hospital, just thinking, well, yeah, this is you know this is something that I, I didn't necessarily go. Yeah, I've definitely got yeah quite, um but it it kind of gave me a bit of peace.
0: Um, yeah. I think I um, you were, you tweeted me at the time as well, hmm. and i I think I kind of i I was really happy for you because I was like, yes, he's finally got an answer like I think when we were when we did um your podcast and we were chatting, like I just felt like, bless you, like you don't have an answer, you don't know what's going on, and that must be so incredibly hard. Um, and then when you tweeted me I I was like yes he's got an answer he knows he knows what it is that's great and I could imagine you must have felt so relieved
1: yeah definitely I mean it was it took about the best part of two years to get an answer yeah Um, but then I've spoken to people now it's been sort of five seven years for them to get diagnosis of their their different conditions and sometimes then two years doesn't seem quite as bad, but it was definitely bad enough. Um, but it is what it is. And then, you know, different things have then happens, happened since then. And I think, I think my body's kind of at some point is broken down <laughs> in, in different parts. So, um, so I've now got a, a skin condition called Bullets Pemphigoid. Oh my which, goodness. Which, yeah, it sounds, it sounds uh, nasty, doesn't that, it? That,
0: I, it was more... That sounds like a real mouthful to try and say. I'm not even going to attempt to oh. say it back to you because I don't actually think I could. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's basically... Um, it, apparently, it's really, really rare to have. Mm. And... Um, like 95% of the people who've got it are over 80. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so it's not something that a lot of people would uh, would know, um, but it basically means I can have open wounds and cuts and blisters away from my body at different points. Uh, it generally well,
0: seemed,
1: generally seems to come out when my body's under, under duress and stress. Um, so that's that. And then there's something else. I don't want to kind of really go into what it's called because I know it is two words and then ends in syncope. Um, And basically there's a nerve that goes uh, almost like down through your your neck, uh, to to your spine and whatever from your brain. And whether this is, is fully linked with the FND or not, but it, it also means if I come under if my body comes under stress, there's a chance I can black out mm. completely. Um, I, it'd be interesting to know if anyone else with FD has this. So basically if I <laughs> if I laugh too much or oh too hard at a point, if I sneeze, if I cough, I can my, my vision just completely goes. I have buzzing in my ears and everything shakes, uh, and I don't know how long that can be. But like, I know when I laugh, when I start to come around again, I'm still laughing. <clears throat> so, oh my
0: god, I—I I mean, oh my gosh, if you laugh too much,
1: yeah. So i tell told my doctor I just need to be like around really, really boring people. <laughs> but yeah, it's—you uh, know, it's. it's it's got to be you know a really really hard heavy laugh it's not um you know not like a laugh you would do every every day but
0: yeah
1: I've had um chest problems quite recently which completely unconnected and hopefully the infection's gone now I've still got the cough a little bit but (laughs) That could cause me to do that during the day as well.
0: Oh my goodness! Like I, I can't, like I can't actually imagine how that must feel to know that, like something like a cough or a sneeze or just laughing, could cause you to black out. That must be so. I don't even know what the word is I want to put into the end of that sentence. Like, that just must be so difficult.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can happen with like heated conversations. Uh, it it can happen going for a week. Um, oh my
0: goodness! So it's
1: kind of everyday things. So, yeah, <laughs> I've got no, no idea why. And like I said, it would be be interesting to know if anyone else Beth and experiences that. But um,
0: well, yes, but definitely. People. If if anyone else out there has similar experiences of this, then. Feel free to reach out to either me, um, Life with FND on Twitter or Facebook whatever, or go directly to Scott. Uh, What's your Twitter handle again, Scott?
1: A for I, Scott.
0: Right, so reach out to one of us and let us know, because I'm now intrigued to see, like... It's not something I've I've heard of, so that's it's blown my mind a little bit. My poor little yeah. brother's gone. Boo!
1: <laughs> there is a, there is a it has got a name, and they do call it something completely set. You know, so that it's it's not we're not classing it as part of F and D at all. No, we're it as the other the other thing, but no,
0: but it would still be it would still be <coughs> yeah. interesting to hear if anyone else has that a similar experience.
1: Yeah. Indeed, okay. yeah. I'm gonna see if I can uh see if I can Google it and find out what it's actually
0: called. <laughs> you like quickly Google it and see if we can find it, and then I will attempt to copy it back if it's really long and complicated. Oh, okay, I make yeah. no promises.
1: <laughs> so it's it's to do with um it's a va- vasovagal response. So it'd be vasovagal syncope. Okay. Vasal
0: vagal syn what see I got halfway through that that was pretty good vagal what was it
1: vasovagal syncope I'll I'll message it to you afterwards
0: that would be great (laughs) like I feel like my tongue's just tied itself in knots trying to say that (laughs)
1: that's why I didn't attempt it until I (laughs) googled it
0: you know what that's completely fair I I would have been like and that other condition, I would have just completely skirted around it if I couldn't say it, so it would be fine. <laughs> just, just as my own way of dealing with it, like, that that's just my way of, like, um, it's a bit of a dyslexia trick of mine. I'm like, if I don't know how to say it, I just find another way around it and just ignore the word I can't say. Probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't do it, but it's the way I manage it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's, it ju- I just can't quite get my head around the fact that something like a sneeze or a cough could cause you to black out. That's just <coughs> it should blow my poor brain. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, you know when it happens, you just think, oh, not again. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not caused me to to properly faint yet. Just uh, you know, I just think I'm
0: just not
1: around. Um, but it can cause you to 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 actually faint as well.
0: Yeah, and I guess it it's are you aware when it happens do you know you've gone you've gone down
1: yeah yeah i'm fully aware um so and and i know but sometimes it happens and it's like oh yeah that's that one's all right mm. and sometimes it happens and you think that one was close to, to yeah. the deck. yeah you know you it, i don't know imagine you, you, you see on tv and you see like the camera tricks where people are like, just zoom out when they when they're about to lose consciousness <laughs> yeah and i guess that's it if you say like you know 10 is the point where you lose consciousness you know most might go to a three mm. um, but then you get some that go to eight or nine and you're thinking well if it goes one more it's yeah. uh, it's gone and yeah, yeah the whole, everything starts and it does feel like that. It does feel like you kind of escape in your body. Um,
0: like an out of body experience almost.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you've got this horrible buzzing in your ears when it happens and yeah, it's
0: uh Oh, are you still there? Oh, well. <laughs> we're back again. Yeah, and oh. we're back. Yeah, I I I just oh my goodness, bless you, that just must be such a a strange experience to have mm, yes. uh, like I, I can i can empathize to a point because i have the non-epileptic seizures and stuff and i'm aware for those but uh, for it to be over something like laughing or coughing or sneezing is just it, well we do the we do you, you do that every day like it's such an everyday thing um but bless you like as you can tell I can't quite wrap my my little brain around that whole idea it's completely blown my mind um but yeah so is there like can you do anything to help that side of it
1: to get better
0: or is it just you have to learn to live with it
1: I think it's um I think it's like a little bit thing I think it could be something that could just go on its own um but we're playing about with a lot of medication at the moment for mm-hmm. me. So whether it's actually a, a side effect of that, oh, okay. Causing it. Um so once we've settled that. Um but my GP said, you know, we're playing about with so much at the moment we don't want to start playing about with with something else as well. Yeah. So I think we need to settle with what we're messing about with at the yeah. moment and once that's settled then we'll kind of look into look into other things so um so yeah so yeah so that'll i don't know probably be a, a new year job now
0: yeah
1: you know we've been in the problem before where we've tried to do too much too soon and then i've ended up in hospital as a
0: yeah
1: i say as a result but it, it would be as a result of doing too much, too soon. Yes. Because
0: it's, it it, it's it a would fine be balance. side
1: effects that's put me in as opposed to you know FND or another condition.
0: Yeah, I think that is a really hard, you can imagine it's quite a hard balancing act to get when you are trying to get the medication right to balance getting the medication right, but also the side effects and all the interactions that go on. I've never been medicated for my FND I've never had anything so I've not had that um, sort of experience but I can imagine it must be quite difficult to, to balance it and to, to go through it all and your constant changing and kind of upping or upping of doses or, or doubt of whatever like that must be quite mentally yeah. draining on you.
1: So um, so I'll take approximately 30 tablets a day. Oh my goodness. Um, which would be seven different medications. So because of the impact of some of the tablets, I take a beta blocker Hmm. Um, because I'm I'm constantly tachycardic. Um, So my heart rate is just, you know, I go into hospital and they go, well, this doesn't look good. And I go, what is it? And they go, your heart beats at 115. And I go, ah, that's fine.
0: Yeah, that's normal for me it's okay
1: yeah that that's that's not an alert for me yeah um but yeah so uh so one of the tablets i take is called pregabalin um there's another one called well i was on deloxetine and pregabalin and deloxetine both pile on weight
0: yeah
1: and they can't do anything to to get it down
0: yeah
1: so we've then gone right well let's Ease off some of the deloxetine. Let's uh, then let's go on to amitriptyline, and then that's not worked. So we will come off that. We're now going on nortriptyline. That doesn't appear to be working. So I think we'll end up going back to Um because and that's just because of the nerve pain in my uh, in my legs.
0: Yeah, I do. Ju- I just also all the medications have such long names. Sorry, side point. Hmm. Like. Why do they? Why do they insist on making medications have such long names that you can't spell and some people can't say? I feel like it's a it's a cruel trick. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: and that then comes back to the uh, the health passport because you know when I'm in A and E and I'm unwell, I can't remember what any of them are. Yeah. Who <laughs> uh, just for them to be written down would be awesome.
0: Yeah, it, it saves you having to like get your your yeah. mind and your tongue round. I can't even remember one of the ones you said to be able to like try and do it, but yeah. like to to just have that pressure taken off of oh well I'm on this 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 I don't have to think about it it's written down it's done, um that sort of thing yeah would we'll just take that pressure off
1: yeah definitely
0: um but yeah I just it's just you've blown my mind a little bit here Scott I feel like I'm I'm desperately trying to catch up because there's so many things I could ask you about and I'm desperately trying to get my brain to work quick
1: enough to be able to ask you about them. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, when I look at different people on on Twitter who have FMD, there's different people have such a different wide range of experiences with it. So you can understand why, unless you really know the condition yeah, uh, from a medical perspective, you can understand why there is a little bit of a of a lack of understanding because yeah. it is so wide-ranging. However, yeah. you know they're, they're, they're then it's it's more common than what people think, and yeah. a um, becoming more common, or well, not becoming more common, but being diagnosed more, you know, more funding should definitely be put towards it uh, because the funding towards it uh, is, if there is any, is very minimal mm. and, and it should be more on doctors radars. And, you know, you're coming through any, you know, if you're going into a, a GP, a newly trained GP, they should have an awareness of yeah. it because, Some of the symptoms can be the same as other conditions.
0: Yeah, however, like...
1: <clears throat> yeah, however, however, it's just how they manifest is different.
0: Yeah, no, completely. I think it's, it's just... It's a minefield for not only patients, but for also the doctors, medical professionals, whoever they might be, because you're, there isn't a physical sign of it. And that lack of physical sign makes it so much diff- so much more difficult to to diagnose, to understand, and I think that's the that's the stumbling block, isn't it? And I know they say like, oh, no sign is the sign of FND, but you're kind of like, yeah, but that doesn't doesn't necessarily help. Like, at least with a broken arm, you can see it, you know it, it's there. Like with FND, there's no physical marker on your brain to tell you that you have
1: it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's uh,
0: just, it just makes it complicated, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, very, very much so, very much so. And then I guess you can, you can then kind of at some points almost get, I get you know, I know I do it or did more than do. You almost get a little bit of imposter syndrome. Yes. And you can kind of question, you know, question it and go, oh well, actually, you know, is this what I've got? Uh, yeah. Or you, you think, you know, well, why isn't it showing if it's not? And you just, you know, I, I still just kind of, kind of think, right, one day I might just wake up and it might just all go back to, back to how it was. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. You know, I know that's not going to happen, and I know people say to me about. Um, you know they read up on it and say there is a chance that that things can a get better and b you know it can almost go back to, to how it was and yeah i just say right well, i've accepted how i am and i think you know i've accepted the position i'm in yeah if things do improve that's a bonus if things yeah. do get better it's a bonus but the, the life i live now I'm, I'm happy with so there's no i'm not gonna hang <laughs> opes up on anything that that may or may not happen only to set myself up to be disappointed Mm. i'm perfectly happy
0: yeah no and and i i completely get that i think it's it's a really difficult balance i'm really sorry if you can hear feet in the background uh, the animals of the house are deciding to run around the place so i do apologize um um scott uh, talking about um imposter how you feel like a bit like an imposter and things like that and I just thought that was a really interesting point that I wanted to go back to yeah. um, because I have to say I feel it as well like I feel as though I am a bit of an imposter in the FND world yes I I've, I've had symptoms like I was in hospital I did inpatient and stuff like that but especially at the minute I'm doing okay and I feel like I'm a bit of an imposter into it and that that's quite a difficult position, like feeling to have.
1: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of times when people have asked me how are you feeling, and I say, yeah, I'm all right. Like, you know, I, I'm in myself. I'm when I'm saying I'm all right. I'm not meaning on, you know, I'm I'm as I was before. I'm just saying, yeah, things are quite steady, and I don't feel unwell. Mm. And then a week later. I look back and I think, <laughs> do you know what? I definitely want to write when I answered I was all right. Yeah. I can now see back. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard to, to gauge where you are in the present. Yeah. Uh, and that's from, you know, from a, a general health perspective. It's from a, a I don't know, mental health perspective.
0: I think uh, it's from all the health perspective, isn't it, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because for me it's, it can be a very draining condition because you don't you don't know where you are yeah and I, th- I find that can be can be quite quite draining at times
0: yeah and it, it's it's really difficult to I think when you're when you're so used to feeling maybe rubbish on the day where you feel a little bit less rubbish you're more likely to maybe say yeah I'm all right because in comparison you're just feeling a little little less rubbish but actually you're still not feeling great I think it's it's that sort of step across isn't it it's I'm feeling better than maybe yesterday but I'm still not as good as maybe I could be
1: yeah and and I'll start to get into answering that question as honest as I can
0: Mm. um
1: even to you know even to almost complete strangers yeah um because you know as, as as british people part of our upbringing is just to ask someone are they okay and the correct response is to always say yes i'm okay yes and and then we start a conversation it's, it's our icebreaker yeah um, but I've just started to answer that question a lot more honestly. Mm.
0: And, and how
1: so have
0: people, the, how have people found that?
1: Um, yeah, I I will always try to to put a, a little positive spin on the end of it, mm. but you know it does put people on the back foot. You know, mm. someone who's who's not spoken to you ever, yeah, and uh, and, and just and they're saying to you. And you're saying, "How are you?" And I just say, "Well, the world's just stopped spinning for a little bit for me, for but uh, I'm okay as at this moment as we're speaking." Yeah, (laughs) you know, uh, okay,
0: right? Yeah, I but I I think it's it's so good that you're you're doing that. I think, like you said, like it's is the British way of starting a conversation. You go like, "All right, mate," and they're like, "Yep, yep, cool, fine, whatever." Like, it's not a you you would get put on the back foot if someone actually, no, I'm not okay. Because that's not kind of how like we've culturally agreed to answer that question. Yeah. Like we've all had this unwritten law of like, you answer the question of, are you all right? With, yes, I'm fine. And it, there's no like, I don't know where we've got it from or why we do it, but it seems to be the way that we all answer that question. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great that you're, you've you've clocked that and you're going actually no I am going to make the effort to be quite honest about in that moment um and it's something that I find really hard to do and I found really hard quite recently to kind of be able to vocalize what's going on um and how I am actually feeling I do just tend to go oh yeah fine or I'll like distract the person enough that I don't actually have to answer the question um and I'm like yeah I probably shouldn't be doing that but you kind of it's the way we cope with it, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and and also, I think it's um, if if I can say, if I can be honest to to strangers, it allows me then to to mask it maybe more at home, so people yeah. then don't necessarily see yeah the pain on I me, mean, um, which isn't good or healthy either. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's – yeah, I just don't – if I'm – I don't want people to sometimes know if I'm in a lot of pain. With other, with other sides of it, I'm fine. But mm. the pain, I, I don't necessarily want people to know if I'm in a lot of pain because then people will try to, I don't know, try to make me in less pain, I guess. Yeah. Um, but actually – all I want to do is, is close my eyes and wake up to less pain. Yeah. And I just want that time to go as quick as possible.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so having someone in the room and um, being able to talk whilst I'm in the pain, yeah, that's, that's pretty good because yeah. it goes quicker. It's better than me just trying to wish it away or trying to fall yep. asleep. But that's really the, the the thing I mask is is the actual pain. The rest of it, I'm, I'm I'm very open with.
0: Yeah, but I think we all, I think every every one of us who shares our story out to people, whether that's on a podcast or whether that's just you know day to day life. Sorry about the dog. <laughs> Oi, stop it. No, we don't need that. Thank you. <laughs> um, looking after a friend's dog sorry um and we i've forgotten what i was gonna say oh no it was such a good point so
1: it's about masking pain i think
0: oh it was such a good point i was so proud of it Ah. oh i've got it um we whether you share your story or not like like how we do or just with people in general like with friends there are things that you are happy to share and there are things that you aren't so happy to share. And there's a line and you work out who you're happy to share what with. And I think that that is okay. As long as you yourself are aware of them. Yeah. And maybe a couple of key people are aware of those things that are happening that you're not wanting to share with the rest of the world. Like there's elements to my story that I haven't shared. And I I may never share them because I'm not comfortable doing so. Um and that's a choice I've made, and I am aware of that choice, but there are people in my life who know those elements I don't share on social media, who I, if I need to talk about it, I can talk to them about it. Hmm. And I think there's that balance to be had, isn't there? Like, yes, we, we, we do share our story, but equally it's, it is our story, so it's okay if we don't share it all.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite open, so I, I will share almost... Everything. Yeah. Um, however, it's the pain. I just time. Are they? Yeah. Go back and and talk about talk about it when it's a bit easier. Yeah. It's just in that in that moment. I just like I said. I just want to get through it. And, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. And I think I think that's completely fair. Like, it's not. It's it at the end of the day, it's how you're experiencing it, and only. It, therefore it's not fair of anyone else to say that you should be sharing something if you're if you found a way to cope with it in that moment then that's okay um, and I think there isn't one hard and fast rule for how much people share or when they share or anything like that I think it's a completely personal thing to do um, and it, it's just part of it I think we can be quite open and share like you know the random symptoms that we're having and you know, the funny videos that I've shared of me trying to walk or say cockroach or whatever. Like I'm happy to share those elements of my story with people, but I'm not at the place where I can share other elements.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's, there are, there are points where I will kind of beat myself up over the fact that I'm, I'm keeping something back from people, but equally it's such a personal thing that, it has to be done on balance with where you're comfortable, and I think if you're not comfortable sharing the pain in the moment because it doesn't help, then that's completely fair.
1: Yeah, and you know, I've I've started turning down a, a couple of interviews now, um, mm. which I didn't do really so much before. Um, mm. But you know, I've got I've got my girlfriend, I've got three children, and this it's more. Um, I have more awareness now that what I say can impact them as well. Yeah. Um, so that's that's probably the one bit I'll closing on. And I, I, I won't, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk sometimes that my mental health hasn't been great, but I won't talk so much about my mental health. Um, yeah. With with my kids uh, that are so young and, you know, so impressionable. And,
0: uh, yeah. But, but, yeah. I think, but I think that's that's completely fair. It's, it's, at the end of the day, it's your experience. It's your, your story. And if, if you don't want to share that part, then no one else really can judge that because actually you're sharing so much of everything else on balance. It's okay that you're keeping that part to yourself or whoever else needs to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where actually I'm quite happy to, to share it in a room with yeah. people. Um, not that I have yet, but um, I'm, I'm quite happy to share it in a room of people. I just don't want it to be in black and white for, for anyone to be able yeah. to read or yeah know, for anyone to be able to listen to. Or, or I, see.
0: Com- I completely get that because I'm very I'm very much on the same page. I think I'm happy to discuss it with real life people that I'm, I'm in the same room as. I can see their facial expression, I can see their body language. But to put it down in black and white or to have it recorded and go out on a podcast is just that step too far for me at the minute. Um, and that's not to say in, like, 10 years' time, for example, if I'm still doing podcasts, I might decide to share it then. But for right now, I'm I'm kind of choosing to keep certain elements to myself for, for my own, my family, for me, and for the people in my life. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's okay. And I think there's, there's, there's sometimes um, a presumption that everyone on social media shares, you know, especially in the F and D where we balance it and we share the good days and the bad days that we'll share everything. And I would just say like to those that are out there listening, you can just share what you're comfortable with. That's okay too. Like you don't have to share your inside leg measurement. If actually you don't want to like, we will listen if you want us to listen, but equally you don't have to say it if you don't want to.
1: I think, um, I think like sometimes some of the things can be scary to yeah. ask or to share, but yeah, but actually completely. you still need to share in a sense. Yeah. And that doesn't mean then you have to just put it for everyone. You can private message someone or, yeah. two or three people and say, look, by the way, you know, I've, had this experience if you had it as well yeah um and you know I, that's that's one of the biggest things i've got from from using twitter is if something happens and it's the first time it's happened i quite often will just say right there else experienced experiences
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah okay right <laughs> no don't need
0: to panic. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's fine. I like, I also see dragons. It's fine. I only say that because someone messaged me asking me if I'd ever like hallucinated dragons or whatever. That's what popped into my mind. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it, like you say, it's just where you're comfortable. If you want to ask a question, go for it. And yeah, it would, I think sharing what you've got going on is always helpful for other people, but it's also got to be helpful for you. And if you're not in the space yet where you can share, that's okay. Um, and I know that, I don't know whether you feel it, but I feel quite, I feel pressure at points to share every element of what's going on with me um, and have it out there in black and white for people. But I'm also balancing the whole, you know, I'm a human and some things I do just want to keep to my inner circle.
1: Yeah. So. Uh... I don't know if I feel a a pressure because I talk about, I mean, I'll talk about other people just as much as I talk about myself and talk about other conditions as well. Mm. Um, But I did feel the other day that I put on uh, LinkedIn about um, do other people feel guilt, Mm. disability guilt or FND guilt? because I do, and it's not that I feel guilty, I've got the condition, Um, it's not that I feel ashamed of the condition, or feel bad about the condition, I don't, but it's that I promised my children I'm going to take them to the cinema today, Mm. and then i wake up, and it's a day where I cannot do it, yeah, you see their face, and I feel guilty then, or I feel guilty when knowing that if I'm going into into hospital, I feel guilty for um, if, if my family are worried and things like that. Um, so sharing things like that, sometimes I feel a pressure because I've never seen anyone post anything like that, but actually I feel the pressure because then when I posted it, there was in quite a few people that come back and said, yeah, I feel exactly the same. It's not something we've ever spoke about. Mm. Never had the confidence to speak about it. So it's it's more probably um, the things that are going to cause awareness and that ripple effect, both of being kind of like a disabled community, FND community, and then rippling out to people to go, I've never ever thought that that could be something that yeah. that could happen. Because I, I guess I, I was hiding it up for myself for uh, for about a year. So if I was hiding it for myself, yeah, you know, I when when I, when it kind of dawned on me that this is something that I feel and an emotion I feel. Mm. For, am I strange? Am I is there a reason why I'm feeling this, and I've never read anything about it? Um, Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places.
0: I think it's just one of those things that isn't really spoken about. Like, I also have the same feeling of guilt around the FND. Like, I'll make plans. And I'm like, I'm just so tired. I can't. And then I feel guilty. Or, like, I feel guilty that myself and my husband haven't been able to do go out and do whatever we want to do. Um the our weekend because I'm just so exhausted from the week, and then I feel guilty that I've taken his weekend away from him, like I feel guilty if i'm having a bad brain day and my friends are still wanting to take to go out and do what we'd planned, but then they have to look after me. I think it's 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 there it's something I've definitely experienced, and it's such a it's not a pleasant feeling to have,
1: yeah, it can be it can be very upsetting
0: and it can be a bit all-encompassing as well like it just takes over
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely and you know i'll sometimes go out and then my you know my my 12 year old daughter has to has to wheel me at times because i can't propel myself yeah um or <laughs> well, even worse i get stuck yeah on one of my wheels aren't touching the ground i'm wheeling it' <laughs> we'll move and uh, and you're just saying it's not something that she i i would want her to have to do
0: yeah i i know and i i was in a a similar position where i went out with my grandparents and bless them my granddad pushed me in the wheelchair and i felt so guilty because this is just if any, this is the wrong way round and I felt so so bad that I that I needed him to push me in the wheelchair because I just couldn't do it um, and also the number of funny looks I got because it was it was almost like the wrong way round
1: makes yeah. you feel
0: worse because you're like when, unfortunately when you think of someone in a wheelchair you might think of someone who is elderly or maybe who's missing a limb or something like that and then you see someone who appears to be looks quite well on the surface of things and is being pushed around by someone who is you know elderly like well what what's that about like i felt so incredibly guilty for that so i can i can fully appreciate how you how you might feel with your daughter um yeah i fully i fully i fully appreciate that it's yeah it's not nice
1: yeah yeah i mean i i you know i I get it with the, with, you know, with, with it being the wrong way around as well, because, you know, there's times when my dad's pushing me. And, yeah. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, it comes back to people sometimes asking, Do you want me to push you and And what that translates to is, Come on, we want to get there quicker. Mm. Or they might not translate to that, but that's,
0: that's how, how you feel it is like it. Yeah, yeah yeah it it could just be that they're doing because they can see you're tired but that internal feeling makes you feel like you're you feel guilty don't you because you're holding them up you're you're stopping them moving at the pace they want to move at um guilt is such a a powerful sort of feeling that seems to surround fnd but like I said it not really something that's covered um yeah. And it, it's just, I think when you start having conversations with people, you start hearing these little things that actually you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's how I feel. Like, I get that. I can fully appreciate where you how you feel in that because that's how I also felt.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then you're like, oh, okay, if it's not just me, that makes me feel slight, It eases that slightly for me. Um,
1: yeah, because and, and it's like things that you you know you're not talking about you know you talk about them let's say to your husband but your husband's not in the same situation so you know so you sometimes think well do I talk about it to him um so yeah it, it can just be that complex thing of you know you need to find the right uh group of people the right tribe the right whatever expression yeah. the right friends to to just be able to bounce things off and and you also need to you need to although there needs to be you know potentially in a similar situation to be able to really resonate with it they also you also need to know that their values are aligned with your own yeah um because There are some people that will feel uber positive about absolutely everything and brush things off. Yeah. There will be some people that are the opposite and are are really negative about everything. Uh, And if you don't understand where that person is, if they're fully positive, they're fully negative, where they are on that scale, Mm -hmm. when you ask them that question, if you think that there's someone that's always positive, and they give you a really negative answer, you're gonna start thinking, Wow, what how, how am I gonna react? Or you know, how's this gonna impact me? Because they're a really positive person, but they might be a really negative person all the time.
0: Yeah, they're just um, masking it.
1: So you actually what you want to do is you need to understand where they lie. So what mm-hmm. I'm not saying is, yeah, you know, if someone is negative about those things, you don't speak to them. You just know that their answer answer is going to be filtered to a more negative answer. So if they say to you, that's a real struggle every day, for you that might translate to something else and you've got to be able to just set it against where your compass is and where your, I I started off saying values, but it's not really right.
0: I know know what you mean though. It's, it's It's your interpretation of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's it. And, and, and you, it can be quite dangerous going the opposite way. I guess if you're someone that's really negative, if you ask someone that's really positive, you know, how is it? And they go, yes. yeah, it's a breeze, it's brilliant, yeah. And then you're really, really struggling with it. That can then impact your mental health and push yeah. you down further. So it's just kind of, I guess, getting to know people enough to see where they fall.
0: Yeah, I think it's also the the danger of comparing. Yeah. Like comparing whilst yes it's it's great to kind of look at other people's stories and see what they've done and things like that. Everyone's journey is so different. That and there's so many things that, you know, you aren't aware of as con- contributing factors to how they've ended up in the position they're in that you shouldn't compare because you've got completely different life stories. And yeah. I think that was something that was really, um, that really stuck with me when I first started, um, when I first got F&D, was just not to compare, yeah. like not to look at someone on, say, Twitter or whatever and go, oh my gosh, like they've been able to do such and such in like three months and I still can't do it in like, you know, six months. Like, oh, I'm failing. It's just to understand that, The situations around each of you is different and you can take and you can magpie ideas for how they've managed to achieve it but it's okay if it's not a direct fit into your life and your circumstance
1: yeah yeah so i mean one of the great things about doing podcasts and speaking to people is you can then like take other people's ideas off pass them off as yourself so (laughs) this this isn't These aren't my words, really, or they might be my words, but I've stolen the premise from someone else. Yeah. So they said that comparison can be a killer. Yeah. And you look at it and you say, you know, people look at social media and they see that one filtered picture. but They don't see the 17 pictures that went before that weren't good enough to put up. Yeah. They see the amazing holiday that someone's on and the lifestyle they're living, but they don't see the debt collector bills that come through the door to be able to live that style lifestyle. Yeah. And then you're comparing your life against this ideal life that other people are living and you're thinking well how can they afford it on the same and they they earn they they have a similar amount of money coming in as me surely because they're on a similar job role yeah and then you start questioning your own kind of choices and your own lifestyle when actually you know like you said, and the, it, it, yeah, we bring it back to f d and D. With f d and D, everyone's different. Yeah, don't know how they've gone through that. Um I mean, I try to. I will very rare, unless it's a proper posed photo, mm. and it looks like a posed photo. I will. well I won't take more than one picture. It's a yep. posed photo and it's meant to be like a corporate headshot. I'd probably take about 210. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's meant to be look, we're out somewhere and hey, look, stand by this Christmas tree, right? Okay, here's a photo. And I think, oh, got one too many chins on that photo. Let's take it again. Yeah. I wouldn't do that, I would just just hit that that photo because I'm quite comfortable. With that, because actually, <laughs> that's me, I yeah. Have, I have one too many
0: chins. Um, I feel you, <laughs> I think, got just take think, it, yeah. I think that's why, like, so I've often get asked, like, oh, why do you share like the videos that you do because they're not like flattering videos at all. Um, and I'm like, well, because it was real, like, the. It's real. It was what was happening at that point. It's not about looking my best or not pulling a funny face or kind of not being aware of where my feet are or anything like that. It's about it being real for what I was experiencing at the time. Yeah. And actually for those people who are in the same position to see that. And then if they do have a video of themselves and be able to look at themselves and go, oh, I'm I'm sort of in the same position. That's actually what it's about for me. I'm not doing it because, you know, I I like putting in what I might see as embarrassing videos of me out into the world. I do it because actually if I'd seen those when I was first going through it, I don't know the difference it would have made. It would have maybe really helped me to feel like I wasn't being so strange. Yeah. And I feel like actually there's no point me filtering that down because it takes out the whole reason I started sharing them.
1: I think also um, you've got to be comfortable.
0: Mm. With, oh yeah, completely.
1: With not just yourself, but your whole surroundings. Um, so, I mean, we're quite we're quite fortunate. Um, you know, uh, our, Steph and I've been together years and years. And and you're you're married. Yeah. There's going to be some people who will think, well, actually, we're not quite so settled in our social circles. Mm. You know, I'm not saying that you need to be in a relationship to be settled in your social circles because that's that's wrong. Because you know, people can be uh, out of a relationship by choice. Yeah. Um. But you might then think, well, actually, I'm not gonna do put anything up like. Uh, like what we would share because Mm. actually I'm not settled in my social circles um Mm. and I don't want people to judge me but on the flip side there'll be people who are who aren't settled in their social circles but they've got such self-confidence and self-belief or even maybe people who haven't got self-confidence and self-belief um but they want to go right I'm gonna put up my true authentic genuine self and the reason why i want to do that is because i don't i want to attract friends that know me for me
0: yeah um sorry so... I, was, I was having a drink of water as you stopped talking sorry <laughs> <laughs> no um, i i think like i completely get what you like you do have to be comfortable and i think it's the so I was thinking about as you were talking about I was like well I don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing it because I do feel an element of embarrassment about like you know what my face is doing or you know whatever it might be I may not be you know looking my best for example but I feel like the positives that it could produce outweigh that feeling of uncomfortability like i don't know whether it has any positive impact but i hope that somewhere it might and therefore that kind of balances it for me i'm not someone who believes i as my talking man will attest to my self-esteem and my self-confidence are pretty um poor pretty pretty lacking there's pretty much nothing there um so it's quite an odd move for me to then share that if you looked at the self-esteem and self-confidence stuff, but then I feel like I'm so, I so want to help people that I put that to a side. Mm. I might avoid looking at my, my feed on Facebook or Twitter for like a week after I posted something like that, because I just don't want to look at it again. Yeah. But I feel like it's such a, for me anyway, it feels like I'm at least showing the true part to it. Yeah.
1: I think, um, we go back. Uh, we we go back in time in history to uh, LGBTQ um, movements and mm. pride and things like that, mm. and and see where they are now. Um, yeah, nowhere near perfect. But Yeah, disability movement is still in its infancy, really, yeah. and even even more. Um, so if we look at that. <coughs> actually potentially what what we're doing is we may not be making as much difference sometimes as we want to mm. um, to individual people right here right now yeah what we're actually doing is we're laying the foundation in for the mm. next 20 years time for someone to actually be confident go viral on it and bang 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 and then it's almost a well-known thing but they wouldn't have been able to do that without foundations being laid now and and even still whilst we're laying foundations you know it does make a difference to people because mm. all it's got to do is resonate like we said at the beginning with one person for it to make it worthwhile
0: yeah no i think that's i think that's not something i'd actually considered that we that it's the laying the foundations for future future parts but that makes complete sense and yeah i think it's not a side i'd considered at all actually um but it does make sense that actually it's that stepping stone isn't it it's that laying the path that might take someone somewhere
1: you're yeah. not saying
0: it definitely will but you're at least putting down a stone that just might help someone on their way
1: so if you think um you you then there's a there's someone who's let's say a teenager who sees your, who sees your your video Mm. they then in 10 years time share something similar Mm. and then the person who watches their video might then be able to start a huge movement off the back of it or a huge kind of campaign or whatever now the person in the middle may not have had the confidence to share what they shared without seeing your post. Yeah, and it's that real long term. Yeah, effect that that it can have, and you know I've seen this a lot with um, with someone called Laura Matthias, who's uh, she's got alopecia and she's had alopecia since she was thirteen, mm. and and I said um, you know. <laughs> How would you have, when you was in school, how would you have, what would you have liked to have seen? And she says, well, you know, when I was in school, people didn't know I had it on wore mm. wigs to, to mask it. But you now see the the children in school now, and they're doing all sorts of social media videos. They're brave enough to be able to go out without wearing a wig. Yeah. And, you know, look at me 20 years on. I'm now at that point where I don't have to wear a wig. Yeah. So, she says that she's learning from younger people just as much as she's giving yeah. to younger people. And, um, and with FND being such a, I hate using the term new condition, but mm. you know what I mean is it's a it's an unknown condition. There's there's more to a lot lot more to be found out about than there is known about um, with it being, you know, kind of in its infancy with that, you know, it's those, it is those laying the setting that foundation for, for others to build upon.
0: Yeah, no, completely. And I think it's, I think you were always learning from each other anyway. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. And I think like I've learned so much from you just from this conversation that then I will take forward, and it might impact. You know what I do in like a year's time. I might come back to this conversation. And go, oh wait, that's what Scott said, right? I maybe I'll try that, and I think it's that power of being able to take things forward. But it's not always an immediate taking forward. Sometimes it takes a couple of years or so for it to come forward again. But that yeah. doesn't make it not worthwhile.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, not not everything kind of happens like uh, like a click of a finger. Um, yeah, but. It's those, those ripple effects. It's that long-term uh, bits. I think actually, if something happens like a click of a finger right there, right there, it, instantaneously, it's great. But the the things that kind of manifest over time, I think they're a lot more powerful.
0: Yeah, and I think that it you don't necessarily realise that you can be that click of the finger as well. You can be the the start of that ripple because you can't. You can't imagine where something might go as a result of what you've done. Um, like you said, like sharing a video, or whatever. You don't know what the ripple of that might be in like twenty years' time. Like you, you, there's no way of actually being able to know that.
1: Yeah, and and it quite a pass through three or four or five more people, and every single person improves upon it so so much that the final person, if they watch your initial video, might not even be able to compare the two and might yeah. think oh you know what's the difference there but yeah you know, it doesn't one doesn't happen without the other
0: yeah no completely I think it's just a big is just a big ripple and you just never know where the ripple's going to end
1: no exactly exactly
0: I feel like we got really deep there Scott I feel like my brain suddenly went into a really like deep space of like I don't know quite what, but that was that was that was really nice actually. I quite that.
1: I, I, I was I was ready to apologise for that, but why um, <laughs> for taking your brain where you didn't want to expect oh, it? to
0: no. go. I, I know, but I th- I think that's I always I there's always there are podcasts where you know where it's going to end up and you know roughly where you're going to cover, and there are podcasts where you can be taken in completely a different direction. But you take so much from them. You take so much from all of them but I feel like we've ended up in such like a different space to where I maybe thought we were going to end up, <laughs> but I feel like it's been worth it. I feel like I've, I've taken so much from it. So thank you for taking me there because I appreciate it.
1: No worries. No worries.
0: <laughs> well, is there anything you would like to say to kind of finish this up, Scott? Is there anything you feel like you want to get off your chest or you want to share or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um, there's nothing really I want to kind of share or, um, off my chest i just think it's you know it's if anyone's listening and they're they're unsure about anything it's just finding what's right for you mm. uh there are other people in similar situations there will be some people that talk about it but the people that you might want to talk with might not be the vocal people so mm. don't be afraid to to start building a,
0: a tribe a friendship
1: on on yeah tribe on social media you know use what's already there but get to know other people maybe like a little bit better because they might be the people that that might be able to help you in the future
0: yeah completely I think having that that tribe actually is so helpful like I've got a couple of people like Seth I will will talk to on on Twitter semi-regularly and it's just nice to have them there like you know that you've got like a tribe of people you can go to and be like so this really weird thing happened today has anyone else had this happen yeah um and you you just have that kind of group of people that are there and it it doesn't have to be people that you that are in your community as in in your literal community it could just be someone in a different country it could be in so anywhere but at least then you've got a group of people you can go to and be like what on Earth was happening. Has anyone else had this?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, um, and I think like it's how um, how how much different people want to help. Yeah, because you know, I I feel like when it comes to F and am I'm I'm not in. I'm nowhere near the centre of it. I'm I'm quite on the periphery. Mm-hmm. Um, but any time that I need help. I know the right people to be able to, to ask. Mm. And, and also what's really nice is if there's something that I can help someone with, because I don't, because I'm not as engaged in it as, as other people are. Mm. Um, I know that there's people that will go, I think Scott's experienced that in the past. I'll tag him in. So then it will yeah. look at him and then I can, I can ask. So, you know, by engaging with enough people, you don't have to be involved in it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But once uh, I, people start to know you, know your experiences, you know they'll be able to tag you if some if you can either help someone or if they see something that can help you.
0: Yeah. No. Completely. And I, I find it really I, I find it such a surreal moment when people tag me and things and they're like, oh, do you know anything about this? And I'm <laughs> like, oh. Um, no, but I can totally put it out to people and find out for you because like people come to me like someone came to me recently and asked about like FND and pregnancy and stuff and I'm like, oh, well, it's not something I have ever any experience of Um, but I can definitely put it out to the people around me and try and see if I can find someone that maybe does have that experience <laughs> to share it. Yeah. Um It's such a surreal moment when people do it and I'm like, oh, right, yes, okay, let, let's, let's do this. This is going this way now because I don't have the answer and I'm okay with like, I'm more than happy if people want to tag me and stuff and if I don't know the answer I will try and find the answer or I'll link you to people that I think might have the answer
1: yeah that's it and uh, and, and that's that's what I just think is uh, is, is one of the, the powers of whether you want to be in the center of a community or, or on the periphery you still get that that real balance and you can you can get from it what you want to get from it
0: yeah You can take from it as much as you need to take and you can give as much as you would like to give. There's no expectation on any of it. Um, But yeah, no, I think finding a a tribe, I love that we're calling it a tribe, a tribe of people would definitely be of benefit. And it's not to say that you need to talk to them all the time. You could just talk to them, you know, when something comes up for you, like that's fine. Like I have people message me, if they just want to ask a question that's okay like my inbox is always open to whoever might want to ask a question um and I'll do what I can to try and help or if you just need to talk like that's okay like there's no there's no right or wrong way of doing it unless obviously see you're being rude then I then I then I then I'm less likely to engage with that if you're being rude yeah <laughs> but I think yeah. that's just I think that's just a fair comment to be fair yeah
1: yeah I mean <laughs> yeah I could start a whole
0: I think um
1: yeah I think kind of intent is uh it's probably the it's probably the one of the big key indicators to how people engage with you. It's not maybe the words you say, yeah. it's how you intend them to be and the, the real intent behind that. Yeah.
0: yeah, completely. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on and for chatting to me for so long. Um I really appreciate it. And um yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And Scott, I hope you've enjoyed it.
1: Indeed, yeah, thank you for having me on and uh, yeah, thank you everyone for listening.
0: Wow. thanks guys Um, stay tuned for another episode coming soon.